Chapter 3 Work for the food that endures to everlasting life. John chapter 6, verses 16 through 40. Now when the evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. And immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do, that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Today I would like to speak to you about the bread of life mentioned in John chapter 6 verses 16 through 40. It is written prior to today's scripture passage that our Lord fed more than 5,000 people by blessing five barley loaves and two fish, and that there were twelve baskets still remaining as a leftover. As our Lord had healed many sick people, a great multitude was following him around. Men and women alike, and young and old, countless people were following Jesus to get their physical illnesses healed and their hunger solved. In today's parlance, Jesus now had a fan club. Labor for the food that endures to everlasting life. After performing the miracle of feeding over 5,000 people, Jesus sought to go across the sea to a town called Capernaum.
As the people tried to make him their secular king, Jesus went to the mountain alone to pray, and meanwhile his disciples sailed across to Capernaum by themselves. After the disciples had rowed for about three or four miles, a fierce storm arose. However, as Jesus walked on the water toward the boat and got on board with his disciples, they were able to reach their destination safely. The next day, the people at the other side of the sea saw that there was no boat there but just one, and so they hurriedly got into the boat looking for Jesus, thinking, Jesus must have gone somewhere by boat. When they reached the other shore and found Jesus, they said to him, Rabbi, were you here? When did you come here? Jesus then said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. John chapter 6 verses 26 through 27 Jesus knew that they came to him again because they had eaten the bread of the flesh, and that is why he said to them, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you. The Son of God came to this earth incarnated in the flesh and said that he himself will give the bread of everlasting life to people. That's why he said, Don't work for the food that perishes. Far from it, you should labor for the food that will make you live forever, and I myself will give this food to you. As well, referring to himself, Jesus said, God the Father has set his seal on the Son of Man. This means that God the Father has decided to give the bread of life to everyone through no one else but Jesus. The people who came looking for Jesus were puzzled by what he said, because all that they were interested in was just their own carnal affairs. They had thought that the Lord would once again bless and feed them with tasteful fish and bread, but instead, Jesus rebuked them, saying, You are just looking for the food that perishes. Labor for the bread of everlasting life. He then said to them that he himself would give this bread. So the people who had followed him couldn't help but ask him for more detail. They said to Jesus, You told us to labor for the bread that endures to everlasting life, but what shall we do to the works of God? Jesus then answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. My fellow believers, you have to keep in mind that to believe in him whom God sent is to do God's work. Because Jesus himself is the one whom God the Father sent, the one who has blotted out all the sins of the world, and the one who gives everlasting life, it is God's work to believe in him whom God sent. To believe in Jesus is to do God's work, and this is the way to everlasting life. In contrast, for you to do good deeds blindly, to pray your lot, or to serve others in any way does not necessarily mean that you are doing God's work. Yet the people there didn't know this, and so when the Lord told them to labor for the food that endures to everlasting life, they asked him, What shall we do? We do also want to do the work of God. They then heard from the Lord, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. In other words, our Lord wanted them to really receive the bread of eternal life by believing in him. So, Jesus said explicitly, If you believe in me, you will receive everlasting life. I have come to give you the bread of everlasting life. The multitude then asked again, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? 
What work will you do? On what basis should we believe you? What miraculous work will you perform? As we know, our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Can you really perform such a miracle? In other words, when Jesus said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent, they asked him in return, Can you then perform such a sign? So the Lord said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Put differently, this is what Jesus said. It's not Moses that gave you the bread from heaven, but it was God. As Moses prayed, God brought down the manna, and this was the bread of the flesh. However, only my Father gives you the true bread from heaven, and the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So this passage means that Jesus himself is the bread from heaven, the true bread of everlasting life. The true bread of everlasting that God the Word the true bread of everlasting that God the Father sent down to give life to mankind. The people then said to Jesus, Then give us this bread always. To which the Lord said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Here I would like to share the word with you about the bread of life. Referring to himself, the Lord said, I am the bread of life. Since the Lord himself is the bread of life, when one eats this bread of life by faith, then he will receive everlasting life. As Jesus said, He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. What we can realize here is that Jesus himself is the bread of life for us. Our Lord himself is the true bread that came down to this world. He is the true bread which, when people eat it, enables them to receive eternal life. The Lord spoke of himself by drawing an analogy to the bread to explain that he came to this earth to give eternal life to all human beings. To do so, he was incarnated in the flesh of man, was baptized by John the Baptist to accept the sins of mankind onto his own body, washed away all our sins through this baptism, and carried the sins of the world to the cross to bury all their condemnation. Jesus is the bread of life. Those who ate the manna all died, just as everyone in this world who ever ate the elixir of life also died. However, those who really believe in the Lord with their hearts will receive everlasting life. God the Father bestows eternal life on whoever believes in the Lord, who came to this earth incarnated in the flesh, was baptized to take upon himself our sins and thus accepted them and washed them all away, was crucified and shed his blood unto death to be condemned for these sins, and rose from the dead again. In other words, our Lord says here that those who truthfully believe in him with their hearts, who has given true life to you and me, will attain new and everlasting life and drink the water of eternal life to never thirst again forever. By performing the miracle of five loaves and two fish, the Lord fed over 5,000 people. They were full, but only in body for a short while. Now they had to receive everlasting life by wholeheartedly believing in Jesus Christ who proclaimed himself as the true bread of life. It was completely wrong for them to follow the Lord for any other purpose, only to obtain the food that would perish, that is, to see signs and miracles, to be healed from illnesses, 
or to prosper materially. Our Lord said, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. John chapter 6, verse 37 Who are those whom the Father gives to the Lord? They are not those who seek the things of the flesh, but those who want their souls to be saved from sin and to become God's children, that is, those who yearn for eternal life. Even though our Lord came to this earth as the true bread of life, countless people remain unable to obtain true life as they do not know Jesus properly nor believe in him properly. In other words, there are many people who, even though they believe in Jesus fervently, are nonetheless unable to receive eternal life, for they believe in him mistakenly. They believe in and follow Jesus only to become rich, to drive a nice car, or to find fame. But we should not follow the Lord for such purposes. It is completely wrong to believe in Jesus and follow him only as a matter of religion. The people whom God the Father sends to the Lord are those whose spirits are truly poor and who seek spiritual things. They are not those who cling to the wealth of this world, its fame, or its power, but they are those who know that they are bound to hell for their sins and who truly yearn to be remitted from their sins. It is these people whom God the Father sends to the Lord to receive the remission of their sins through the gospel of the water and the Spirit. My fellow believers, Soon destruction will come to this world. Regardless of whether people believe this or not, God's promise will be fulfilled without fail. You will see the world crumbling down with your own eyes if you live just a bit longer. Truly, this world will all disappear without a trace, and only the kingdom of God will stand forever. So I am only too thankful that I have come to live by believing in the gospel truth of the water and the spirit, and that the Lord has blotted out all my sins. To blot out our sins, the Lord shouldered them by being baptized and paid off all their wages by shedding his blood on the cross, thus making us sinless. It's because God has made us, who have received the remission of sin, into his workers and enabled us to enter and live in his kingdom that I am so thankful and so joyous. The Lord has indeed given us the bread that truly does not perish. Because the Lord has given us not the bread that will disappear, but the bread that will never disappear for eternity. I cannot help but give thanks to God for the true salvation from sin that he has given us. Everything in this world is actually nothing. It is written, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is one of the world. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15-16 through 16. Which one among these things in the world, such as fame, wealth, power, pleasures, or knowledge, is more precious than everlasting life? Far more important than such things is everlasting life. This eternal life is a gift of God that one can receive only if he is cleansed from all the sins of his heart. Just as God the Father promised that he would wash away our sins through his Son, and just as the Son said that he would become the bread of life, Jesus Christ, the true bread sent from heaven, took upon himself all your sins and mine by being baptized, was condemned for our sins by being crucified, and has given us true life by rising from the dead again. When I say that everyone in this world is nothing, countless people may think that this is complete nonsense. Even so, 
Compared to such heavenly blessings that enable us to wash away our sins from our hearts, become God's children without sin, and enter and live in his kingdom, the things of this world are indeed nothing. What is life? Everyone is born from dust only to return to dust. This is what life is. Life is nothing but a short journey. In other words, life does not amount to anything even when it seems to be successful. Just as a traveler returns back home at the end of his journey, life does not stay here forever. We live on this earth only for a short while as travelers, and we must return to our eternal home. Our real home is elsewhere. The destination of our lives lies somewhere else. Therefore, those who think that they would live forever on this earth and cling to what's on this earth are actually seeking the food that will only perish. When such people hear Jesus saying to them, I will give you the bread of life. They just think, what is he talking about? Bread is just bread. So what's this bread of life? My fellow believers, you must grasp that the bread of life is none other than Jesus. Jesus is the true bread of everlasting life, the bread of the remission of sin, and the bread of salvation. That is why Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I will give you this bread of life. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. It was to teach this that Jesus had performed the miracle of five loaves and two fish and fed countless people with the bread of their flesh first. Jesus is the bread of life. Therefore, those who profess to believe in Jesus even as they do not know exactly how he has become our bread of life are completely foolish, for they are seeking before the presence of Jesus not the true bread that's from heaven, but they are just asking for the bread of the earth. In other words, countless Christians are still asking for this perishable bread that the crowd in John chapter 6 had tasted only for a short while through the miracle of five loaves and two fish. My fellow believers, we must know and believe in Jesus as our Savior to receive the remission of our sins, become God's children, and enter his kingdom to enjoy everlasting life and live forever. At the very least, those who want to believe in Jesus as their Savior must confess the sins of their hearts, believe in Jesus, and be cleansed from all their sins first. They must believe in Jesus to thus become God's children and to enter his kingdom to live forever. In contrast, it's completely foolish and fallacious to believe in Jesus only as a matter of religious life. Jesus said, All that the Father gives me will come to me. Who are those whom the Father sent to Jesus Christ? They are those who seek the things of heaven. God never sends anyone who seeks the things of the earth. We are now holding a revival meeting. Even though we have opened the way for those who seek the things of heaven to come to this gathering, few have actually come. This shows how everyone has put off the things of heaven behind to seek only the things of the earth. In other words, People look for Jesus wishing to become rich, to be healed from their illnesses, to buy a house, or to find a good spouse. Such people simply cannot come to our church no matter what. Nor does the Father send such people to Jesus, who gives eternal life that is in the gospel of truth. God sends them to the churches where Christian sinners are gathered. Everyone knows whether or not there is sin in his heart, and whether he himself is bound to hell or not. You know yourself whether you want to believe in Jesus for the spiritual purpose of receiving the remission of your sins or for the carnal purpose of prospering in this world. 
If you would just give some insight into your heart, you can realize whether you are after what is spiritual or what is carnal. Yet despite this, many people still continue to deceive their own consciences and make a mockery out of God. God is now grinding his axe against these people. He is saying, For all of you who seek only the bread of the flesh, I am waiting with the furnace ready. Don't worry about the fire. I will keep it burning, for I am very patient. Those who have not been born again seek the things of the flesh, and they are more than capable of justifying this. However, what is clear is that the motivation to become a Christian must be spiritual. Jesus came to this world as the Savior who would deliver us from our sins. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. This means that Jesus is the one who saved us from all our sins, not someone who makes us rich, prosperous, or healthy. We believe in Jesus in order to receive the remission of our sins, to be made righteous, to become God's children, and to enter and live in his kingdom. You must not believe in Jesus only to receive the blessings of the earth, regarding Christianity merely as one of the many religions of the world. If this were why you believe in Jesus, then it would be better for you not to believe in him at all and just believe in something else. The Bible says that it is appointed by God for mankind to be born once and die once, and that after this there will be judgment. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 My fellow believers, our Lord knows us all too well. In general, human beings are to live in this world for 80 years at most and then go to stand before the presence of God. Soon, all of you will also end your journey on this earth and return to your eternal home. I am sure that you will all really want to find and receive the food that never perishes while you are still living on this earth, and to thereby enter the kingdom of God. To do so, that is, to be washed from your heart's sins, you must really look for the truth. If you have sin, then to find the exact answer to the question, how can I wash away my sins? You must come out to God in all honesty. In other words, you must come out to God purely for the salvation of your soul without interjecting anything else into your relationship with God. A sinner must exclude all his carnal desires such as the desire for fame or money and instead think only of what he should do to break down the wall of sin that's standing between him and God. There is only one way for you to be approved by God as a perfect person. You must be washed from your sins to be accounted for righteousness. How, then, can you be washed from your sins? Could you be remitted from your sins just by living virtuously on your own and trying hard to stay away from sin? No, this is not possible. What should you do, then? Just as our Lord said in today's scripture passage, the remission of sin is something given by the Lord himself. Because it is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who grants us the true remission of sin, gives us everlasting life, and blesses us to become God's own children, we must believe in Jesus, the God-given true bread that came down from heaven. Do you believe that the bread of life from heaven is Jesus Christ? Do you now realize and believe in what Jesus Christ did for you and me when he came to this earth? It was to become our true bread that Jesus received baptism for us on his body from John the Baptist. Jesus took upon our sins by receiving this baptism, carried the sins of the world to be crucified, and shed his blood to death. And it was to give everlasting life to mankind that the Lord rose from the dead again. All this was planned in heaven even before the creation. 
We must partake in the providence of God by believing in this Jesus Christ. We must believe in this truth of salvation without fail. It is those who believe like this that receive the remission of their sins, attain everlasting life, and eat the true bread that came down from heaven. None other than this is the very miracle that God showed when he came to this earth. The people asked Jesus, As it is written, Moses brought down the man from heaven, and so we ate. What is your sign then that will make us believe in you? The greatest miracle in this world is the Lord's power that has blotted out our scarlet sins once and for all. The very fact that the Lord was born on this earth incarnated in the flesh of man, was baptized at the age of 30, was crucified, rose from the dead again, and has thereby saved us, none other than this is the greatest miracle and sign. When the truth of salvation is so clearly shown, how could you not believe in it? Was our Lord simply crucified to death when he came to this earth? Didn't he also take upon your sins and mine by being baptized? Indeed, it's because Jesus received baptism that our sins have disappeared. Even though Jesus himself has shown this fact, people still do not know it and do not believe in it. Even as they believe only in the blood of the cross, they are so clamorous to claim that they believe in Jesus. Trying to wash away their daily sins by offering prayers of repentance is akin to asking Jesus to continue to blot out their sins, even though Jesus has already blotted out their every sin. You and I should never do this, but instead, we must eat the bread that came down from heaven by faith. Only when we eat this bread from heaven by faith do we no longer be such insufficient believers who keep asking for more and more. When the bread from heaven comes down, we should just eat it by faith, and yet despite this, many people are trying to reach their salvation by making their own bread and offering it to God. The bread of the earth gets mildewed in just a day or two, rotting away with maggots and filling the room with the stench of decay. In contrast, the true bread that came down from heaven is the genuine bread of everlasting life that never goes stale or mildewed. Jesus, who has given us the bread of everlasting life, lives forever. And he has blotted out all our endless sins and given us true life. We must eat the bread that came down from heaven with our hearts by believing in it with our hearts. We must indeed eat and believe in the bread given by the Lord with our hearts. If we otherwise eat the bread of our own making, this will not turn into the bread of life. What do sinners really need? Do they not need to get their hearts washed from their sins, become sinless people and God's children, and prepare for the next world? Everyone needs the kind of faith that will prepare him for the next world. It doesn't matter how people live in this present world. After all, life on this earth is ephemeral. Whether people live well or not, all their lives are short. Everything of this earth is only momentary. Mankind must eat the bread that came down from heaven. This bread must be eaten with the heart, not through one's own good deeds and acts of sacrifice. Nor should anyone try to buy it with money. This bread that came down from heaven is the bread that does not perish forever, washes away every sin, and makes everyone live forever if you would only eat it by faith. So why would anyone try to buy this bread with money or obtain it through his own virtuous deeds? Yet despite this, those who are ignorant of the gospel truth of the water and the spirit and do not appreciate its value still try to do so. 
Matthew chapter 13 says that the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. It says that when a pearl merchant came across one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought this pearl. Matthew chapter 13 verses 45 through 46. My fellow believers, even if you have to give up your everything, you must believe in and follow Jesus Christ, the true bread that came down from heaven. Don't you find this word worthy of believing, this amazing truth of salvation that the Lord has saved us from all our sins by coming to this earth, being baptized, dying on the cross, and rising from the dead again? Isn't it really worthy of holding on to, to believe and defend, and to spread and live for it? The gospel of the water and the spirit is the bread that came down from heaven. It is the most precious bread, the bread that never perishes nor disappears. So because of this bread, we can always laugh and joy, thank God all the time, and live a spiritual life at all times. My fellow believers, that we are able to find comfort even in our sufferings and find true satisfaction even in our poverty is all because we have eaten the everlasting bread of heaven and obtained eternal life. The gospel of the water and the spirit brings true joy and real satisfaction to us. As such, those who have found the truth of everlasting life buy this truth even if they have to give up everything they have. There is no one who has ever met Jesus without sacrificing his everything. If you want to believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit and receive the remission of your sins, you have to cast aside everything that you had known before. You must grasp that everything apart from the gospel of the water and the spirit is actually nothing, akin to garbage. Can you even compare the gospel truth of the water and the spirit to anything that you had known until now? The things of this world are nothing more than garbage when compared to the gospel of the water and the spirit. What things of the world can you possibly compare to the things of the Lord? Everything of the world will be corrupted in time, for it will all perish and disappear. The Lord came to this earth to give us the bread of life that will never perish nor be corrupted. He is the true bread of life that came down from heaven. By becoming the true bread of life, the Lord has indeed blotted out all your sins and mine. By being baptized, he took upon the sins of the world and cleansed away all our sins. Because the Lord bore the sins of the world through his baptism, everyone who believes in this has washed away all his sins. How about you then? Have you washed away all your sins from your heart? I know that you have now cleansed away all the sins of your heart by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. My fellow believers, do you think that just about anyone can believe in Jesus Christ, the bread of life? No, we can believe in the Lord only if he meets us first. Then what kind of people does the Lord meet? He meets those whose hearts are fitting in God's sight. These people, whom God finds worthy to grant his permission and say, You deserve to believe in my Son. You are qualified to believe in my Son. Are none other than those whose spirits are poor, who hunger for righteousness, and who mourn over their sins. God judges the rest to only say, You are not qualified to believe in my Son. To give everlasting life to none other than you and me, Jesus has saved us through the gospel of the water and the Spirit. Our Lord said, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. John chapter 6 verse 54 
What will raise us on the last day is also this very faith in the gospel of the water and the Spirit. My fellow believers, that you believe in the Lord as your Savior is indeed a marvelous blessing. You have accepted the gospel of the water and the Spirit to believe in the Lord as your Savior. Do you think that you can change this faith with something else? Do you think there is something else that's more precious than this? The Lord himself has become the bread of life for us and told us to come and eat of him. He said, If you eat me by faith, you will receive the remission of your sins and attain everlasting life. Your eternal life will be guaranteed. I have prepared everything for you. We must truly understand Jesus Christ as the bread of life. Believing in him truthfully, we must eat this true bread of life. In this age, there are many Christians professing to believe in Jesus, but how many of them really believe in Jesus as the true bread of life? How many people come to church to believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior and their true bread? It's very few. The problem is that almost all Christians believe in Jesus in their own way, without knowing what they should really seek. What's most important for any Christian is the remission of sin. Faith starts from the remission of sin, and only when faith begins properly like this can you attain every blessing from heaven. Are you really filled spiritually when you are just licking on the surface of the word, leaving out what is most dispensable? The first button to your life of faith is properly put on when you know and believe in the truth that the Lord has become the true bread of salvation for you and me. To blot out your sins and mine, the Lord bore our sins by being baptized, shed his blood on the cross, and rose from the dead again. Because the Lord has completely fulfilled our salvation, he has enabled us to obtain our salvation if we only would truly believe in him. This is the core message that our Lord is delivering to us through today's scripture passage. And the Lord said, The one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. John chapter 6 verse 37 all those who come out to the Lord seeking the remission of their sins will find the gospel of the water and the Spirit, and by believing in this gospel with their hearts, they will all be redeemed from their sins. When we come and stand before the presence of the Lord, we must do so for a spiritual purpose. We must come to God for the salvation of our souls and their benefits. Anyone who comes out to the Lord for any other purpose will drop out of the march of everlasting life for he does not believe in the gospel of truth with his heart. Even though it may seem similar in outside appearance whether one follows the Lord for a spiritual purpose or for a carnal purpose, the consequences are starkly different. Jesus Christ, the true bread from heaven, has saved us from all our sins through his baptism and his blood on the cross. In doing so, the Lord has given us new life and he has enabled us to live with him forever to never taste death again. Now, believing in the fact that whoever believes in this gospel of truth has received the remission of his sins, and believing that we will live again on the last day, we must fulfill everything that God has entrusted to us. In this present age, when great tribulations are truly imminent, we must have hope, and we must believe in this true gospel with our hearts. Let us all live by faith, and then go to our Lord to meet him face to face.